If you want to be turning in your Bibles, there's going to be two places. Malachi chapter 4 and Luke chapter 1. Malachi chapter 4 and Luke chapter 1. So we're in this um, second week of Advent. And if you remember, if you were here last week, Advent comes from a Latin word that means one who is coming or the one that, that's on his way or that which is coming. And so the first Advent was Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, baby Jesus. And as we are being mindful of that first Advent, we also want to be mindful of his second Advent, which is his return. Amen? And we should be just as excited about his return as they were about when he was born in Bethlehem. Because when he comes back, he's going to come back not as baby Jesus, but King Jesus. Right? And he's going to be ruling and reigning. And everything is going to be set right. And it's going to be a wonderful, glorious thing. So let me um, start with Malachi chapter 4. I'm actually going to start a little earlier than the slides do. So if you have your Bibles, you might want to follow along with me. I'm going to start... Um, in verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for Israel. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dead, dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. So let's just stop right there. So this is the end of the what we call... The Old Testament. Last words of the Old Testament. And then in my Bible, it's just a few pages, you know, there's a little separation there. There's no other word from the Lord for 400 years. Stops. This is what he says, and then silence. Anybody ever got silent treatment? Don't, don't look at him. Don't look at him. It's not pleasant, is it? So for 400 years, God says this is what's going to happen. Son of righteousness is going to come with healing in his wings. And before him is going to come a messenger who's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And he's going to return the hearts of the fathers to the, to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. And this is what's going to happen. And for 400 years. I just want you to think a minute about if the Lord did nothing else for you for the rest of your life. No other word. No other prayer answered. Nothing happens for the rest of your life. So for 400 years. And then the silence is broken in Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to read about 20 verses here, starting in verse 5. So for 400 years, God says nothing. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. 
One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. And was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. So let me just explain this real quick. So they, they were set in different orders, the priests were. And so there, his order would come up maybe once or twice a year. And then from that order, they would draw lots to see who actually. So it could be that, that a priest would never, ever get to do this. It could be that they would be on duty, so to speak, and they would never have their number drawn. But this time, Zechariah's number's drawn, so to speak, and he goes in, and it says, So as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, what does the angel always say? Fear not. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. So when we really see one, it's probably pretty scary, right? Because I always say, the first thing they always say is fear not. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of, of the godly. Does that sound familiar? Somebody said something like that 400 years ago. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure that this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures in his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. So here's the big idea this week. We can have faith because God is always faithful. We can have faith because God is always faithful. So this week we're going to talk about faith and how, how it plays into the Advent story and how it plays into our story of waiting on the second Advent of Jesus, right? And so as we're thinking about the second coming of Christ, can I just share with you some things that are interesting? Just some things that are interesting. So from Abraham to Jesus... From Abraham to Jesus, the whole world centered around Israel and Jerusalem. So when you read the Old Testament, it's always about Jerusalem. It's all about the promised land. It's all about Israel. It's all about Jerusalem. So for all that time, it's all about 
Israel and Jerusalem. And then Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus lives for about 33 years. And then, just as Jesus predicted, 40 years after Jesus ascends back to the Father, Israel is ransacked, and they tear down Israel, and they, they destroy the temple. And so from that point on, so from around A.D. 70-ish, there was only the church of Jesus Christ. There was the, the, the Christian church, but there was no Israel. There was no Jerusalem for all that time. And then in 1948, 1948, Israel becomes another country, becomes a country again. And so, the first, so for the first time in almost 2,000 years, in, in 1,900 years, let's say, now again, there's Israel and the church. And then in 1967, Jerusalem becomes part of Israel again. And so only since 1967 has the church and Israel and Jerusalem coincided since 70 A.D. It's been a while, right? Is that significant? Makes you wonder, right? We also know that in the Bible that it tells us that in 2 Peter, he says, but you must not forget this one thing. Do not forget this one thing, guys. Whatever you do, don't forget this. To the Lord, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. And if you think about this, there was 2,000 years from Genesis to Abraham, 2,000 years from Abraham to Jesus. It's been just about 2,000 years from Jesus to you and me. And we, own, we know that God worked for seven days and then he rested on the seventh. And the Bible also talks about a thousand year millennial reign. So just saying, makes you wonder, right? We also know this, <clears throat> that in 2025, we will start the last translation of the Bible. Do you know in 2025, that's just three years from now, every language on earth will have the Bible in their language. Never happened before. Ever, ever, ever. In, in three years, every language will have the Bible in their name. We also know that there are now only, a, we, I used to, I used to hear, grow up hearing about the, 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 the window and, and all the unreached people groups. Did you know there are only 144 left that are unreached and unengaged? which means that the gospel has not been taken to them yet. It's getting close, people. And why is this significant? Here's why it's significant. In Matthew 24, Jesus said this, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all the nations or all of the people groups, all, all nationalities will hear it, and then the end will come. And within a few years, every nation will have heard the gospel. And within three years, every nation will have the Bible in their language. Just makes you wonder, doesn't it? I'm not making any predictions because Jesus is pretty clear about that. No one knows the, the day or the hour, right? No one knows that. And I'm not up here to say that. But Jesus also said this, you'll know the seasons. And there's enough reason just from what I've talked to at least 
make you wonder. And if we think he's coming back, we need to be ready. Amen. Amen. I just want to throw that in because as we're thinking about the second coming, we sometimes think of it, we, we've got to this point where we think, oh yeah, it's way out there. It's way out there. And we don't really live our life like it could be any day now. But I'm going to tell you folks, it could be any day now. It, it could be today. It, it, it could be any day now. And this is an exciting time to be alive because there are so many things happening in the kingdom of God. And sometimes in America, we think, well, man, God, why aren't you here? Why aren't you doing things? I mean, all over the world. I was on a webinar Thursday and hearing about hundreds of thousands of people being saved all across the world on a daily basis. Amen. And just because we're not seeing that big revival happen right here, and we are seeing revival, by the way. We are seeing revival. Things are happening right in our midst, and sometimes we just sort of overlook it. But worldwide, man, it's happening. And God's getting ready. He's for the last harvest before he comes back. And I'm excited about that. We need to be excited, and we need to be looking forward to that second coming, right? Because big things are happening in that. And once he comes, man, every, every pain's going to be gone. Every sickness is going to be gone. Every heartache's going to be gone. Every regret's going to be gone. All that stuff's going to be gone. Man, what a day that's going to be be, right? Amen. All right. So there was 400 years. I could talk about that for a while, but there's 400 years of silence. So for 400 years, we, we see this time when God speaks at the end of Malachi and then nothing said for 400 years. And in this time, people just sort of had to go by what was last said. And they had to make a decision. Am I still going to believe that? And that's why I said, think about if God never said another word to you or never answered another prayer or never moved in your life or you never felt his presence for the rest of your life, would what he has done for you been enough to get you through? Or are we so day to day that God, I have to have you today do something to keep believing in you? Now, listen. I'm all about hearing God, man. I love to hear God's voice, and I love to see prayers answered, and I believe God wants to continue to do that. But I'm just looking at these people going, wow. Grandpa, did you ever hear God? Nope. Your dad ever hear God? Nope. There was a guy about 400 years ago hurting. That's some tough stuff, right? So we get to Zechariah and Elizabeth and I think it's, and there's some things that we can learn from them because as they were waiting for God to do something, we're in that place, we're waiting for God to come back. We're waiting for maybe, maybe in addition to, and I know in addition to God coming back, there's things you all are waiting for God to do. Amen. We're, we're waiting for God to move and they were praying for a child and they were believing for a child and, and they were also believing at the same time, they were believing for the Messiah to come and all these things. And so there's some things that we need to learn. And I believe that one of the biggest lessons we can learn from this is faith. The Bible says things like this in the Word of God, that our worlds were framed by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Right? That, that um, we, we have to be a people of faith. We are saved by grace through and so we should be, if we're Christians, if we are the people of God, we should be a people of 
faith. We should be people who speak faith, walk faith, live faith. We talk faith. We, we're all the time, if something comes against us, we respond with faith. <clears throat> and I know that there are challenges to our faith every day. But if we are supposed to not walk by sight, but by faith, man, let's get our faith going here this morning, okay? Let's get our faith raised up. When we walk out of here, we walk into our week. Let's go into our week with faith. Let's walk into this next coming year with faith, right? Because there's a lot of things that we will see that will want to cause us not to believe or not to trust or not be excited. But if we know what the Word of God says then we can walk into those things with faith. And God wants us walking in those things with faith, right? So here's, here's, the, here's the first thing that I want us to see from Zechariah and Elizabeth. Lesson number one, even in the silence, faith is faithful. Faith is faithful. It says that Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. Now, if you remember in, in Malachi chapter 4, one of the last things God says to his people is obey all the law. Keep all those commandments and regulations. And 400 years later, even though they've not heard a word since then, we find Zechariah and Elizabeth who are obeying the law. They're being faithful to what they know God has said. Now, now let me, let me, I want to make something clear this morning. Them being faithful to the law didn't give them faith. Faith enabled them to follow the law. Amen. What do I mean by that? Because it's not works. It's, it's not, I'm going to work up this thing so I'll believe. They believed so they were obedient. If they had some time in their life decided, you know what, it's been about 400 years since God ever said anything, those people back there must have been crazy, talking about God doing this, God doing that. Those must have just been fables. Those must not even been really happened. Do we hear those things today? Yes. Word of God didn't really happen the way we read it. We hear those things today. They could have easily decided, you know what, let's just sort of do our own thing. Because he's not, he's not answered our prayer. He not spoke to anybody in 400 years. When's the last time somebody came out of the, the temple and said, the Lord said, 400 years ago. But they continued to believe, and because they believed who God was, they believed what God had done, 400 years without hearing the Lord, they were still being faithful to do the things that God had called them to do. And so here's what I want to say to us today. Even if it's been a while since you've heard the Lord, even if it's been a while since the Lord's answered your prayer, even if it's been a little while since you felt the presence of the Lord, whatever that feels like when you feel Him, we've got to be faithful to Him. Amen. And just keep showing up and just keep loving Him and keep doing the things. That, what was the last thing God told you to do? That's what you should be doing. It's the last thing they, did, they heard, right? So lesson number two. Faith doesn't stop serving. It says in verse 8, One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. And because he believed God, he just kept serving. He just kept serving. Now again, I want you, his serving didn't give him faith. His faith enabled him to serve. And sometimes it's this thing that once we start serving, then we do get faith. And so we, we serve some more and then we 
And it's this thing that God does in us. But because they believe God, because they believe the word of the Lord, they were able to keep serving even when nothing happened. And so many times we see people, and I've done it. I'm, I've been, I'm right there with you. I get excited about something. I hear God say something. Start serving. Start doing something. And then there comes this time where, man, this is hard. And I don't see any fruit from this. And I don't see anything happening. You ever been there? And then there's this idea of, you know, maybe it wasn't God. Maybe it was just me. Or maybe we're in a different season. I can quit. Maybe, maybe God's finished with this thing. And I just, you know, he was, that was for a while. Maybe it's over. And I'm not saying that he doesn't do that sometimes. But I can tell you this. Sometimes we quit on him before he quits on us. And so Zechariah just kept doing his thing, man. He's like, I, don't, I know, God, you've not said anything in a while, but I know you're real, and I'm going to keep serving, and I'm going to keep showing up, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there, and I'm going to serve you, and I'm going to serve people. And so lesson number three is faith keeps praying. Verse 10 says, while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. So it wasn't just Zechariah and Elizabeth. There was a great crowd outside still praying, even though they hadn't heard the Lord in 400 years either. They were still coming to the temple to pray because they believed God. They had faith in God and they knew our only hope is you, God. We, they're praying for the Messiah to come. They're praying for whatever else they're praying for. They're praying, and so this great group is praying. And then in verse 13, it says, But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. And so Zechariah, while he was in there burning the incense, is still talking to God. God, would you give me Elizabeth a baby? Man, we'd really like to have a baby. We'd, we'd really like to have a child. And so I, I can just almost see Zachary going, this is my chance, man. My number's been drawn. I'm going get, to get to go into the place where the incense is burned. Maybe this will be, give me another opportunity here. And, I, and he's just praying. And so here's the other thing I want to encourage us with this morning. If it's been a while since you've heard God, if it's been a while since God has answered a prayer that you know about, because let me tell you, a lot of times God's answering stuff we don't know about. But I know this too, that sometimes you've been praying a prayer for a while, the same prayer every day, and there's been no movement on it. Faith keeps praying. Faith says, God, if you don't answer, I have no hope here. So I'm going to keep praying because I believe in you. And I believe when I pray, and the Bible says, if I pray anything according to your will, it shall be done. And so I'm just going to keep praying. And I'm going to keep praying. The Bible says things like ask, seek, knock. The Bible has the, Jesus told these stories about people bugging their neighbor. That kept coming and said, kept coming to the door and saying, please open the door. And he says that if you keep asking and you keep knocking, you keep seeking, God's going to answer your prayer. And so faith keeps us praying. Amen. And when we stop praying, we've stopped having faith. Jesus says, says this in Luke 18. He says, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? And if you read that parable, he's talking about being persistent in your prayer. And so what he's saying is that persistent prayer is faith. 
Let me just clear up something I heard a long time ago that I don't believe is true when you read what the Bible says. Heard somebody teach this one time. Man, you should just have enough prayer. You pray it one time and just trust that God's got it and never have to pray it again. That's not really what Jesus said. There's many times that we pray a prayer one time and Jesus does answer. God does answer. But Jesus is teaching us in his word through those parables that, when it, that we don't get the answer the first time, that we just keep coming back in prayer. And we keep coming back in prayer. And we never stop praying. And so faith keeps us praying. And so if you've stopped praying, if you've stopped praying, if you've given up on that, and you said, I'm just not going to ask anymore, I want to encourage you to let your faith rise this morning. And just pray again. Amen. Just go back to praying. Just keep, keep, keep knocking. Hey, God. It's me again. Amen. Jesus, you said. It doesn't matter what the preacher said. Jesus said, if I keep asking, if I keep seeking. Amen. Hey, God. It's me again. That he'll answer. That's his promise, right? Amen. And so it's faith. It's faith. It's a response to faith that brings us the answer. Amen? Amen? Number four, faith knows God's perfect timing, or he knows God's timing is, is perfect. In verse 8, it says, One day Zechariah was serving. Verse 20, Gabriel said, for my words will certainly be filled at the proper time. So I want you to think about this again. 400 years has passed. 400 years. Nothing happens. Nothing happens in that, in that time. And then one day, one day, Zechariah is serving. One day he's in the temple. One day he's praying. And God says, <clears throat> Gabriel, I got a message for you to send. Are you sure, God? It's been 400 years. Today's the day. Amen. And in that one moment, in that one day, when it's God's timing, when it's the right place, the right time, God's timing, the message is sent. Hey, Zechariah, I've heard your prayer. And I'm going to send you a son. And he's going to be the one that we were talking about 400 years ago in Malachi. He's going to be that guy. Right? Can I, can I just tell you that this is a picture of the grace of God? Amen. Amen. Let me explain what, I'm, what I mean by that. Zechariah and Elizabeth didn't earn that. They were faithful. They were serving. They were praying. They, they were doing all these things. They didn't earn it. And sometimes we get this thought that I've got to... Be faithful. I've got to serve. I've got to pray to earn something from God. And that's not, who, that's not what happened here. God, out of his goodness and his mercy and his grace, chose the right time, the right place, the right person, and said, Zechariah and Elizabeth, you're going to be the one that's going to have John. You're going to have the one that's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And so I'm going to let you have this very special baby because in just a few weeks or months, there's going to be an even more special baby. There's going to be a specialer baby. 
that's going to be, and, and I've got that working out because it's time. And so this over here, you don't know anything about this yet, but over here I'm going to be working with Mary and Joseph at the same time. And I got a message for them and I'm going to be working with them and we're going to make this all come together. And can I tell you that we just need to be in a place of faith knowing that God's timing is perfect. God knows the right day and the right time. And so we just sort of need to be in position for that. And I believe that's what Zachariah and Elizabeth did. They just got in position by being faithful, by serving, by praying, for just keep showing up and believing the word of God. They were just putting themselves in position. They didn't earn that. God chose them. God, they were just asking for a child. I don't think they were asking for the spirit of Elijah to come on my child and be the one who prepares the way of the Lord. They were asking for a child. But God in his goodness said, you're going to be the one. And for some of you, I, want you to, I just want your faith to begin to rise a little bit. Today, today is your day. Today is your day. And for some of you, your day's right around the corner. And there's so many reasons for you to give up and stop believing and, and, and to, to quit what you're doing, all that stuff. But God wants you to know that it's right around the corner. It's coming. It's coming. And it's His grace that will bring it. And all we have to do is have faith in His goodness, in His grace, in who He is, and just keep doing the things that we know to do. And in His day, in His timing, in His way, He's going to make it happen. Amen? Amen? And just like they were just asking for a child, and they got John the Baptist, and I don't know what it had been like to raise John the Baptist. I mean, eating locusts and stuff. I don't, something went wrong there. But anyway, they, <clears throat> they got a special child. And it could be that we're praying for one thing, and God's going to do exceedingly abundantly greater than we could ever ask or think, right? Amen. Amen. Last thing is faith expects and acts upon the word of the Lord. It expects the word of the Lord to come true. And when the, Lord, and when the word of the Lord comes through, it acts on it. Now, I'm not saying this always happens. Actually, I've never known this to happen to anybody. But Gabriel shows up, and poor Zachariah's like, um, I know you're Gabriel and everything, but how can I be sure? Must have been a legitimate question, but Gabriel takes some offense at it. It's like, man, I've been waiting 400 years to bring this message, and you're going to doubt me? You're going to be silent for a while, brother. And we don't, we don't want that. We want to be the people that when we hear the word, go, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. I receive the word. I'm going to walk out of here telling everybody I'm going to have a child. I'm going to walk out of here and say, can, 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 you, can you give me a sign on that or something? Like, you're, like Gabriel's not a sign. I don't know. I'm, I don't really give Zachariah a hard time because God chose him, and he was awesome. And I, there's no telling. I'd probably be on the floor, you know, passed out or something. What would you say? I don't, but, but we need to be people who are expecting God to move. And expecting the word of the Lord. And then when the word comes, respond to it in faith. Mm -hmm. Just say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. I receive that. Right? Because we know the story of Mary. She has a little bit of how can this, how can this be? But then she says this. Be it unto me as your word says. Whatever you say. 
I'm good with it, God. And whatever the Lord says, we need to be ready for it. Amen? Amen. So Zechariah and Elizabeth then, because of their faithfulness, because they were serving, because they were praying, because their faith enabled them to be faithful, because their faith enabled them to serve, because their faith drove them to prayer, because their faith drove them to be in the right place at the right time when God spoke, all these things, because they believed, they get to be a huge part of God's story. So God has this story that starts way back in the garden. And you remember Adam and Eve mess up. And then immediately God says this, listen to me, Satan. One of these days, you're, you're gonna, the woman is going to have a child and you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bust you in the head. That's my paraphrase. Immediately, he says, this is what's going to happen. And through all that time, through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through King David, through all the story of the Old Testament, it's building up. It's all part of the story of Jesus. And Zechariah and Elizabeth get to be part of that because they have a child who's going to be the one that says, prepare the way of the Lord. Just was as predicted 400 years earlier. And that story was all about Jesus, but it's also about you. Because the reason Jesus came was for you. The reason Jesus was born in a manger was for you. The reason that he lived on earth was for you. The reason he died on a cross was for you. The reason he came out of a grave three days later was because of you. And all the other people on earth, but you're included in that. And we get to be part of the story too. Every time we say, yes, Lord, we become part of the story. Amen. Every time that we respond and we hear the invitation for salvation and we say, yes, Lord, I'm going to believe, we get to become part of the story. Every time a word is spoken over us and we respond with a yes, we're part of the story. Amen. Every time that we respond to the grace of God with faith, we get to be part of the story. And today, God's calling us to be part of his story. We are, you guys are, so many of you all can tell so many stories about how you, God's moved and how God's done things and how you're still believing. And listen, every time you say yes to the Lord in faith, it just writes more of your story. And it's part of God's story. Because just as God moved for Zechariah and Elizabeth, God wants to move for you. And he wants to, in the Bible talks about that in heaven there's a book that tells all, it's got all that stuff written down. So every time we say yes, write that one down. And one day we're going to get to see that book, right? Amen.